0: Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much for your goodness. And we pray now, Lord, that you would speak in ways that we can hear you. If there's anything weighing on us or distracting us at this time, please uh, relieve us of it so that we can be attentive to what you want to do this morning. So reign in this time and give us ears to hear and hearts to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. is there anyone? I'm I'm am nervous about asking this question, but is there anyone watching Olympics? Or are you boycotting it? Or okay, okay, you're watching it. Whew. Good. I checked earlier for rotten fruit, so I was watching on Monday. I think it was. There's all the uh, the speed skating going on, and Kimberly described it like it was more like a roller derby than it was speed skating. Did you see that? It was exciting. But there is a moment after every race, when when people got across the finish line, there's this moment where everything was in review. Because sometimes people did illegal things. They, They veered into other people's lanes, knocking people out of the race sometimes. And there was this very tense moment where sometimes the winner of the race didn't win. And there is anxiety, and you could see the the players' faces. They were just sort of waiting on on the edge of their seat, just what's going to happen. And for us as followers of Jesus, sometimes it feels like we're in that middle section, that waiting period after the race has been won, but we're waiting for the result. We believe that Jesus died for our sin and rose again, not spiritually, but physically. And this matters. But right now, when we're in this time of great division and uncertainty and anxiety, it's like, where is the evidence for this resurrection in our lives? It matters. It happened. And we have a hope and a faith based in that that matters. And it's something that we need to cling to in times of anxiety, uncertainty, because that's what it's there for. So today we're going to be looking at, uh, at the resurrection. And I, I love that the passages today in the lectionary, was, they're just so fitting. Because in Jeremiah and in the Psalms, it basically says, the way of human understanding leads to desolation and death. But when we rely on the Lord, we find the way to everlasting, abundant life. So let's take a look at what Paul was saying to the Corinthians and, uh, and see why the resurrection happened and why it matters that it happened. First, if you won the lottery, what would you get with the money? People are going to say, I don't gamble. <laughs> A sailboat? Nice. Another <laughs> sailboat? A bigger sailboat? Debt-free? Reset button. I I would have a whole garage filled with motorcycles. I would go to the community college and I would get my license to be a motorcycle mechanic and I would fix people's motorcycles for free. That's what I would do. Now, my brother tells me that'll never happen because you need to buy a ticket in order to win the lottery. Well, I don't know. When Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthians, he was addressing a bunch of people who who were planning to win the lottery without ever buying a ticket. They're saying, he said, how can people among you say there's no such thing as the resurrection from the dead? If there isn't, then Jesus didn't rise from the dead. If he didn't, what are we doing here? Your faith is pointless, and our preaching is useless. So what's the big deal? The resurrection happened. Um, (laughs) the problem with with the Corinthians as well as a a Jewish sect called the Sadducees is that they were leaning on their own worldview, their own understanding when it came to the faith and there's there's people amongst in our church today who would say oh these silly people that believe in a physical resurrection they're interpreting something literally that was meant to be symbolic or metaphorical poor poor people right? Paul doesn't allow us to say that. Um, And Jesus didn't either. Jesus addressed the Jewish group, the, the Sadducees, that their idea of eternal life was to pass on their name to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And when Jesus confronts them, what he says is, you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. Jesus believed in the resurrection. The Greek people that Paul was writing to had a different idea of the world and how things worked. They, they believed that we were spirits, pure, holy, good spirits, trapped in fallen, horrible, yucky bodies. And when we die, we are liberated. And that's just not a Jewish worldview. They would say that there's a spiritual resurrection. But Paul's Jewish, and he's speaking to people. He goes, no, you're mistaken. There is a physical resurrection. God created us to be spiritual creatures. Because from the very beginning, he created everything in love and then wanted to be one with his creatures, us. And Jesus' incarnation is the fulfillment of that. But if you take the resurrection away, you make our faith useless. And it doesn't do a whole lot of good. I want to I play something for, just a sec, Mina, just a sec. <laughs> I want to introduce it first. I want to play a video um, of an interview between Stephen Colbert and um, Dua Lipa that took place last week. And if you don't know who Stephen Colbert is, he, he, he's the host of the Late Night Show. And um, he has this guest on. She's a pop singer, and she started a podcast where she interviews people. And he, she sa- he says, do you want to try to interview me? And so she says, Yes. And Stephen Colbert, who was Catholic, she asked about his faith. And he explains the resurrection without using the word resurrection. And I, if you want to play that, that would be great.
1: So I think something that your uh, viewers really connect with mm-hmm. in your comedy and your hosting skills, yes. especially in the like past few years, is how... Open and honest and authentic, you are about the role your faith plays in your life. Oh, that's interesting. And I was wondering, is there any, you know, does your faith and your comedy ever overlap? <laughs> and does one ever win out? I think ultimately, us all being mortal, the faith will win out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has a sense of humor. But I will say this: I will say this. Uh, someone was asking me earlier about what I. This is this relates to faith because my faith is involved with. I'm, I'm a Christian and a Catholic, and that's re- re- always connected to the idea of um, love and sacrifice mm-hmm. being somehow related, and giving yourself to other people, and that death is not defeat, if you if you can see where I'm getting at there. Someone asked me earlier what movie did I really enjoy this year and I said well I really like Belfast which is Kenneth Brana's story of his childhood and one of the reasons I love it is that I'm Irish and uh, Irish American and it's such an Irish movie um, and I think this is also a Catholic thing because it's, it's funny and it's sad and it's funny about being sad. In the same way that sadness is like a little bit of an emotional death but not a defeat if you can find a way to laugh about it because that laughter keeps you from having fear of it. And fear is the thing that keeps you from turning to evil devices to save you from the sadness. As Robert Hayden said, we must not be frightened or cajoled into accepting evil as our deliverance from evil. We must keep struggling to maintain our humanity, though monsters of abstraction threaten and police us. So if there's some relationship between my faith and my comedy, it's that no matter what happens, you are never defeated. You must understand and see this in the light of eternity and find some way to love and laugh with each other. Uh, Stephen Colbert everybody
0: I love that um people often accuse me of having a very dark sense of humor and I'm glad it's because I have an Irish roots and you can laugh at things that are dark not because they're dark but because they're not the end and in revelation where it says that on that day God will wipe every tear from our eye it's because he has the victory and so when we talk about the importance of the resurrection, it's not just because it's something that happened a long time ago. It's because it's central to who we are and where we are going. And when we are in times of anxiety and distress, as we, many of us are now, we can say, as bad as this is, it's not the last word. Jesus is the last word. One of the challenges we have right now is that there has been a loss of presumption of goodwill between people. I heard uh, someone complaining about the counter counter, uh, protests that are taking place. And they said, these people are choosing the government over their own countrymen. And I thought, who do you think the government's made up of? Our own countrymen, right? It's the men and women who are Canadian. Otherwise, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But there, because we don't trust that, that you have the, the goodwill for me and I for you, we don't talk to each other. We suspect each other. And there, instead of there being helpful dialogue or understanding, there's noise and attack. And It's bad. Paul says, when you deny the resurrection, you're not just saying, yeah, well, they meant something other than what was written. He's saying you're actually calling us liars. More than that, we are then, if you deny the resurrection, are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. So which is it? Do you trust us or not? When I was in theological uh, school, I I remember one lecture before it took place, I was at the point of walking out and leaving. Not leaving my faith, but leaving the whole ministry thing because they just were tearing everything apart that I held dear. And I was thinking that day, I said, "I I think this is it. I think I'm going. And then Professor David Reed came in and he started his, le- resurrection, or his his lecture with, if the resurrection of Jesus never happened, the church would not exist and you would not be here. And I went, oh! He's affirming the resurrection. Oh, this is a first. Let's, let's hear more. But think about it. You had all these fishermen who were terrified in the upper room. They were about to run. They were scared to death something happened that transformed them from scared fishermen into bold proclaimers of the gospel. People who went willingly to their deaths, horrific deaths, because they believed something so much. Either they were the best con artists in history, or something legitimately happened. I don't know any con artist that would go that far. So do we trust the apostles or not? And, you know, on this day, <laughs> um, Ralph Burt was such a good man. He passed away on Friday. And uh, I didn't get to know Burt uh, when he rode his three-wheeler. Uh, I wish I had. But I I look forward to meeting him beyond... The fallen, like his 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 physical limitations and his age and and all of the things, but to know him, that is yet to come for me, and I take great comfort in that. Paul says, "If the dead are not raised, then neither will those who have fallen asleep in the Lord either. We won't. We have no hope to look forward to." Years ago, I got into some trouble with a woman um, that was wanting her child baptized, and I and I said, along other things, I said. When you baptize your child in the name of Jesus, you're baptizing them into the hope of the resurrection. And we had a little talk, and I said, and the resurrection is so much better than reincarnation. And she said, what? And I said, well, think about it. I mean, reincarnation, you're born again into a fallen world with a whole lot of evil and sickness and death, and then you die, and then then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. No, thank you. The resurrection is about being reborn beyond death and sin and fallenness and pain the way God created us to be. That is our hope, the resurrection hope. And I know that as church we have gotten this wrong. I know that there are things that the church has done in the name of Jesus that are evil and we've fallen. But by and large, the faithful witness throughout the last 2,000 years has been a body that alleviates suffering, that has established hospitals, that has cared for the poor, that has clothed the naked, fed the hungry, because they are anticipating the kingdom. They're anticipating resurrection. And that is something that's lived out now. I want to close with this that the death of jesus did something we don't have to deal with sin daily because jesus has dealt with it we need to implement what jesus has done the resurrection has allowed us to live in the kingdom with god to live a resurrected life that's what it has accomplished so when we're beating ourselves up all the time with guilt that's not of the lord when we are saying, Lord Jesus, keep my eyes on you that I may reflect your character and your ways to the world around me, that's what the resurrection was for. That's what we live. It is it's not just a, a nice idea. It is a way of life. So in this time in between... <laughs> Just, I just had this image yesterday, we were watching the Olympics and the news came on and everyone scrambled for the remote to turn off the news before the kids saw it, right? They've got so much anxiety already, they don't need any more. But in this time in between, we base our hope in what has occurred in Jesus. And then we walk trusting in that to what is to come down the road. Paul says if we are to just hope in what's going to happen in this world, we above all others should be pitied. Why? Because Christians in his day were being lit up like torches to light a Roman party. Right? And today we have suffering and there are, we have brothers and sisters that are being imprisoned and, and suffering still for the name of Jesus. It's not about just now. This world will let us down one way or the other. But we have a certain hope in that Jesus rose from the dead and the death and suffering, they do not have the last word. Jesus does. And we have reason to laugh. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you so much that in sending Jesus, you showed us the way. You provided the way for us to live with you. So Lord, we pray that you would bless and encourage us. That you would fill us with the gift of faith. That we may so walk in step with you that we could embody your blessing and express your blessing to a world that is so divided and and anxious and, and scared. So Lord, let us be your light and let us bear your presence. For we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.